everybody, welcome to Shellshock Nation, the Skint Jewel Political Podcast. I'm Brent Sanders. With me, as always, is Jeff Scruggs. Howdy, howdy. Best-selling writer, Matt Kearns. Hello. And what are we drinking tonight, Matt? Uh, this is uh, Obtanium, which is a 16-year-old corn whiskey. And what's the proof on that? Oh, uh, high, 141. So we may have a more interesting show than you think as it goes along. Uh, it's good stuff, though. The pre-show you, certainly had a lot going. It sure did. Yeah. You, we, we should have been recording before now. If you let that uh, stuff you brought tonight sit on your tongue for a few minutes, if you can stand it, it really comes through nice. Mm-hmm. It's good. All right, guys. Uh, let's uh, let's go ahead and we'll have a little ambient ambient noise here. Slot Studios. Uh, let's 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 just cut the chase. I'm going to ask you guys, how goddamn stupid are Republicans today? I'm going to go with what's the scary. scary. <laughs> yeah, I mean. They're off of it. Yeah. Um, are they with somewhat less? Overt symbolism with some, they're still gawkless and stuff. Are they the American Nazi Party? They're, they're certainly not, they're the making... fascist party. Well, yeah, I, but if you look at them, and I'm talking in terms of how they, a, what, let's examine how they are accruing power through media and through parliamentary trickery. They're coming. They're, they're, even if they don't say it outright. It's no secret that their agenda is a white nationalist, an Anglo kind of viewpoint. And they're making no bones about it. Right up now till Michael Flynn, who I want to remind everybody, was Donald Trump's... He was our national security advisor for like, what, 30 days? Yeah, it was like a, like, like a week and a half. This guy was a general in the United States Army. And he came out with a statement last, or this week, that said that um, he thought the United States would be better off with a Myanmar-style military coup. Yep. They're not hiding this kind of stuff anymore. Yeah, when, they you're, are now, when you're straightforward calling for the, the hunter, you know, there's a... Uh, yes, they're, they're actively, even though they're trying to, to broach it in much more palatable language, they're actively calling for an authoritarian society in favor of a democracy. And I, I, I think I mentioned this a couple of weeks ago. I heard a, a commentator on, on, I think it was on John Howman's show, talking about how by the year 2035, there would be an American fascist party that was calling for the dismantling of a democracy. And we're seeing the rumblings there. Can that be stopped? I had thoughts on that the other day. Um, the reason being... A lot of this comes back to state politics and where these state houses are. Mm-hmm. My fear there is if they can get a sufficient number of these state houses to pass these restrictive voting laws and also, you know, to set themselves in a position to where they can, uh, in, uh, for lack of a better term, just gerrymander these districts into uh, in favorability. No, I, I don't see any way. I don't see I don't, any way yes. though, that, that American democracy as it is now survives this. That's I, I just think it that can simple. survive it, but I think it's going to be a real struggle. And I think it's down the road. I man. think we've got our work cut out for us. But that's kind of what I'm talking about with, with the Republicans being the American Nazi Party. And I know people hear this and like, that's kind of hard. Bullshit, bullshit, Jews. Well, not yet. Neither was, no, yeah, neither yeah. was the Nazi Party at that time. 
But if you look at how Hitler and the, and the Nazis were able to achieve power in Germany, again, through propaganda, through parliamentary tricks like that, through small sales, a grassroots movement. Yeah, this movement. wasn't an overnight change yeah. there, even. The Nazis were a, a grassroots movement. They weren't just some blown, full blown as like a, a Green Party or something. No, no, this didn't was start to go to pot until 33, 36. That's when you really started to notice. And if you read anything of history, that's where you started to look and see them gain control of the government apparatus. That's that's what I'm saying, though. Yeah. It, it is, are, are the Republican Party, is the Republican Party capable of doing that? Will there be enough? And we talked about this last time. I don't want to sing the praises of Liz Cheney, but will there be enough Liz Cheneys and Mitt Romneys to kind of be enough of a hedge against that? That not not that they're going to change the Republican Party, but they can keep it from achieving the kind of goals that they really want to achieve. And like you said, Jeff, I thought that was a, a perfect point. It, it's all in the state houses now. Yeah. And Matt Murphy, who is a longtime Republican strategist, said that state parties are basically where the kooks are. Oh, sure. And they have always been that way. Now, yeah, even, this goes back. Well, it goes back to where state party was where the American socialist movement and, and municipal governments were starting to take root. And that kind of turned into the New Deal. And we're talking, you know, almost a century ago. But that's how that kind of developed. We're seeing that kind of thing happen now on the right. And we here make no secret of the fact that we are a couple of us. This is not a conservative group. No, we're to the left of Trotsky in some areas. <laughs> and we, we naturally don't want to see this take effect. But it's looking, and we touched on this last week, more and more likely. And even people who you would think, and this is why I say how stupid is the Republican Party, I don't think it's politi politically expedient. And there are a lot of political analysts now who are saying this may be the first off-year election where the Democrat or where the uh, um, minority party does not make the kind of inroads they usually make. Now, their margin in the House is very thin, and in the Senate, quite frankly, it's still a toss-up. But they're kind of dealing with with you know they're playing with fire in the process and I think they have a real tendency right now to get burned on it. And the biggest thing you get into with this to me is, is, is it, a lot of it is the ideology as much as it can be called one behind it which is essentially fuck everything that's not uh, tight white America. And, and that's and there's a lot of that too in this particular uh, this movement. It, 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 it's changed names a hundred times. You had the tea bags. Uh, now you've got the maggots. It's 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 you all the, it is. You had the moral majority. Yeah, the moral majority yeah. before that. Christian. Well, no, I, th I think that the you're you're right. The underlying concepts are going to be there regardless. But to me, what you what you kind of inadvertently touched on with talking about Trump's short-lived blog uh, is something that I do think is important, and that is that he 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 had a blog on his website, and it didn't get any traction. They, they couldn't no. capture the magic that they'd had with him on Twitter. Well, a blog requires more than you know, two hundred forty-two characters. He could have just tweeted to his blog yeah. if he'd wanted to, right? I mean, it's his. But, but he, it's it's that would have kind of 
at that point, it was sort of defeated the purpose of having a blog. Right. But and that's that's my whole idea. It's more the idea of Trump than Trump. Now, there, there is an aspect but of what I'm saying is that the... But it's the idea of Trump that they want. They want what he represents. But what And what I'm saying is that I don't think that you can... You can do if he can't even capture his own magic again. Yeah, how is anybody else going to do it? That's just it. Because they I don't want, think what's behind it. Well, but I don't but think there's nothing it, to deliver it. But, no, but, but, but they, the they, issue, they found new things to do it. They found Marjorie Taylor Greene. But she's they not. Have she found she, she's not running for president, she, and she, and she wouldn't be electable. Base. No, but she, this is at the local level. Well, this I is what they're going. I understand that, but that's always been there. Yeah, we've always had guys like Bob Dornan and and Bob Barr and and Dana Rohrbach, Tom Delay. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. He was as much to blame for any of this shit as anybody. Kitty Diddler. <laughs> That's what I did. You stole my line, man. Which doesn't speak well for our fucking value system. <laughs> so, man, so. so I, I agree. It's in a. It, it, it is at a local level. But it's level. okay now. But but wait a second. It it doesn't. A local level does not have the nationally. Again, that national. Uh, Galvanizing effect again that Trump had. It's no, not. No, but if they gain that, if they but that's that a big at the hit. state level, it's not going to matter because I don't, they now know that you don't have to have the reins of the presidency. It, it, they've been working to this for years. But you know, they we've got the Southern strategy, then Reagan at Neshoba I, County Fair in '80. Like you said, this is got this is built on itself. Now they know that taking the reins of power doesn't necessarily mean you have to go. Through the de- democratic again, process, even at that local level, when it, when you don't have that centralized focus, it falls apart there too. And you're going to have, you know, that's the whole thing. They right gained now. seats in the house. Not necessarily. We don't know that yet. No, they did. This oh, last election, but, they did. But that's only because of the gerrymandering and the other thing. That that but is they've so, got the state house. But again, you're going to have primaries where you have Trump people against establishment Republicans. And it may not carry now. It could. It would have. The best you can hope for is they split the vote. Well, well I, I think. I think that's, that, that's politics one hundred and one. If they do, getting those Trump people to go out and vote with no Trump on the on the ballot is going to be really tough. Yeah, I agree. Because I don't know. Well, to, to me, what you what you run into is this: you run into the fact that while there is a certain very very vocal minority of the Republican Party that looks at a Marjorie Taylor Greene or a Lauren Bobert. And, and and says yeah, and says that's what I want. The the fact of the matter is that the the other eighty percent of the party doesn't like that at all because it makes them look bad. Even if they agree, it makes them look bad. That's why they saying. don't want to be perceived as racist, even when they are racist. But my problem with this is where I we didn't think Donald Trump could get elected. If they find somebody, and, and we will find out in this next election, one way or another, the next one's going to. Tell us a lot about this tale. If they yeah, can find that, somebody that'll that's pick up, you're right yeah. there. If somebody can 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 pick up this mantle of 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 you know, fucktard slash yeah. crazy horse, if they can pick that up and wear it, they've got a built-in but, constituency. But what you're fucking roll. What with. you're saying though is is that they want to vote for somebody like Trump. And what I'm saying is is Trump didn't win. In this last election, despite every effort that they made, and no one's going to out Trump Trump. So to me, it just becomes a losing strategy. And if he can't there, even do it, yeah, Matt's right. Without him there, that ten to fifteen percent of die-hard Trump is God people—they're not going to necessarily vote. Well, they're not. Well, they're not Republicans. They're not. They're not people who are out no, there going, "I want to vote for a Republican." They're not part no, of the they're not. But let me ask you this: 
if they find their appeal in somebody that's a, all right, let's let's say for instance somebody that decides to take up the mantle of these Trump beliefs, but is more fucking diabolical. You know, I I, I despise how can Ted you be Cruz to his very being. But here's the thing about it: as politicians go, he's talented. Ted Cruz. Right? I mean, he steps on his own dick, but he knows he he knows where the where the gold is buried. Ted Cruz is not a dumb... No, he's not. And that's my point on this. If they find somebody like that, there's nothing to say that 90, 95% of the crazy bullshit but there that is Trump also, is willing to put forward is not something he won't get behind because he will. But there is one key component I think you have to consider that we are not considering. This is not a static populace. And you have got uh, younger people coming up that are politically active now. I agree. You've got a, I'm telling you guys, you have a very motivated black coalition. I hope so. That was not there. Hillary Clinton thought they were going to be there for it, but they were not. It is there again. Kind of easy to understand. And yeah, I agree, but that, that's a, that's, 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 another, that's a different podcast. podcast. I agree. In and of itself. I agree. But, so you've got that on top of a, a Republican Party that has started growing. Now, could lightning strike again and things happen? Well, absolutely. And you always have to keep that in mind. But it is less likely without a centralized figure. It, it just, it's, it's, you know, especially with the authoritarian crowd because they look for leaders. Oh, they, they look, look for strong figures. They look for a messiah. They, they look for it in Reagan. Look what happened when Bush was, was in when Bush won. It all fell apart. Yeah, look what happened with Reagan. Well, we and, and, this is, and this is ignoring well, the, some... Well, second, the ideas are still there. Yeah. But that faction that did it, that was also much more authoritarian, was done away with. No, but it also gave us... Look what it gave us in 92 and 94. I, that's, that, I, I'm not, that's, that's, and that I, was as stymieing and as ugly as... I agree as with that, but that's still not the point. You're losing a major you. figure. That Yes, that particular base has always been there, but that has always been a political reality. You always had to bake that into the political calculus. Well, and I think that there's also the fact that, that you may be on the other side of this, if you're looking from the Democrats' perspective, if that very vocal, Trumpy uh, part of the Republican Party is, the, is now the face of the party, it becomes to me easier for Democrats to say that's what we're running against, and now they've got something. I, right? you know, I agree. It's and easy to fundraise yes, for sure. I don't disagree and with that. I want to go back to something else that was said too. I think that we're talking about Trump and the rise of Trump, and we didn't think he could win. I still don't know whether Donald Trump could, could in in a one on one race, have beat Bill Clinton, Barack Obama, no. Joe Biden. Uh, I, I because I think no, he had a historically unpopular candidate. Well, historically un, yes, unpopular, exactly. and there's a misogyny factor there. That, I don't disagree. You know, that, that ties in. And I think that the fact is he came about in a perfect storm of, you know, following a, a historic black president uh, running against a woman who was both A, unpopular, B, tied to an, a two-term uh, Democratic president, and C, a, a, a woman. Well, here's, here's my last point on this, because I, I know we've got other things we want to deal with on this, uh, or, or in this particular podcast. But my thing on this is, I, I don't disagree with any of that. My problem with most of this comes to the fact that what we're dealing with now, as opposed to then and anything else, is, as I said, it's, it's hats over the windmill. 
This is more overt now. Those people that didn't give two shits, or, or that did give a shit, I should say, about how this looked and how this played on the front page or this, that, the other, they don't care anymore. But the, but they don't give a damn because they don't matter. have to care because now they it's open, it's though. overt. Yeah, they no, they like to couch it in polite society. I know they did that. And not that say what about. they thought. Look how that base that we thought of as the Tea Party base has been split. You lost Ryan. You lost Cantor. Okay, you lost uh, Kasich. For God's sake, I remember when Kasich was considered a an arch right winger. Right. Uh, and so you're yeah. you're pushing them more into a fringe. Yeah, that base is there, but it is dwindling. And, I, and here's another key. And I this is right. This is another key I, I think I want to get your guys' opinion on. For the last, oh gosh, four years, we've been hearing about this big Democratic schism between the progressives, the, the, the Sanders-Warren side, and you know the, the Biden and the more established. I don't think it's there. It, it, Again, I think you're still seeing fringe of those... You know, the Jacobin crowd. I tend to agree. You, you still see that. But look how they have sort of come together. It's very similar to the, the Yankee Cowboy connection with, with the Kennedys, uh, you know, the, the, the sort of liberal elite, the Kennedys in the, in the, in the 50s, late 50s, early yep. 60s, uh, and, and how well Lyndon was able to play, play ball with Hubert Humphrey, who was an arch right winger. And, again, there they had a charismatic, they had, charismatic figures too. They were able to keep that together. Joe Biden is not wildly charismatic, but he is wildly liked. There's a big yeah. difference. And it's looking now like he's going to run again in 2024. You know, to be here's the thing on that, that to me, that there is a vocal progressive wing of this party, but it is not. And a lot of this is, and I'll illustrate that point here in just a second, it's not quite the insurmountable wave that we were told it would be of Bernie no, Bros. And absolutely. And I'll tell you, a lot of it has to do with the fact that Biden has not run as, as it, and, 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 and believe me, I've heard this from uh, several friends I can think of notably uh, about how, well, yeah, he's just being Biden. I said, no, actually he's not, because this is nothing I expected from Joe. No, he's, you're, you nailed it. And he is, he is, he is. He ran from the right, and he's governing from the left. Now we're getting, now our problem comes to the cutting point on we're starting to see some stagnation on some of these bills. What's the next move? That's well, the big I thing think there. This is, we're going to touch on this. Um, yeah. At some this point, will touch on listen, too. at some point, the Democrats are going to have to stop nibbling at the corners, yeah. and they're going to have to throw the fastball. And it's going to happen. Manchin, if you look how Manchin has kind of slowly adjusted his comments, Manchin has been on the reservation. He's always been more conservative than most Democrats, but he has always been been <coughs> when it has been something that was a, a very partisan thing. Oh, he knows the position. So you're going to have, and I agree with you. Some you're seeing stagnation, but you always see stagnation. There's always never does any kind of bill. Let's let's take the infrastructure concept. the The big difference there is. There is an idea that Joe Biden has, and it's rebuild our infrastructure, and that includes our digital technology. Okay, there is a plan there. It is in place. People see it. It's a palpable difference.
difference. Well, it is a, not to mention the fact that's one of Joe Manchin's hobby horses. But well, yeah, because his state's going to get help. Yeah, by it. that's. But it is a palpable concept that people can grab onto, and it's politically expedient, even in red states, or what have yeah. traditionally been red states, and we're starting to see shifts in that too. So, you've got that now. Whether the Republican, yeah, the Democrats' bill is let's fix, let's fix our roads, our streets, our, our, our communication systems. Republicans say, you know what, we're going to look at fixing that pothole on third and down. That's that's the whole their infrastructure concept, and it's it is not progressive <laughs> in a political sense, but progressive in a very real sense, and it is got political traction that that even the fringe element again, Jeff, they're fighting a culture war. Yeah, no, I agree. And this is a political struggle, so. You're starting to see, and Mansion, who know Mansion, and, and of course a little, little less so cinema in Arizona. Um, we're starting to see them sort of saying, "Okay, we've got to get this. the voting rights bill." Mansion has already come out. He hasn't said he's yay or nay or anything, but he's already said protecting. The minute I heard him say, "Protection of our our voting rights is is a key concept," those obviously weren't his exact words. Once he started being towards conciliatory to that, you're starting to see that move a little bit. I think they will well, eventually... warming warming his uh, his electorate for this. Well, exactly. But, well, that's what I'm saying. That's but part of, here's, but that's here's part the of the thing. process. That's part of the process. And I think uh, I think he knows the position uh, uh, that that he's in quite well. I mean, he, he's acutely aware of it. But you're starting to see a little bit of the carrot and stick. From, uh, oh yeah, yeah. From the Biden administration yeah. on this, in other words, they 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 realize the window of opportunity they've got because, sure enough, six months from now, you'll have all these House members. They're going to be back out in these districts, man. It's time to get on the stump again, and it's time to it, fucking get going. It's amazing. It's already started, happen, but, yeah. but you're going to see an intensity build up after Labor Day. Yeah, you sure. Uh, I think sure that's are. where it's going to go. Sure the are. big issue there is a, you know, I, obviously. Uh, I think Biden, and I think it pleased a lot, of, and he had to know it was going to come down. But I think he asked for the moon on a couple of these, knowing he no, was going to have to move Absolutely. off that position. Well, but he's, a, he's still running it out there. He was on the, the idea that this is these things are these are progressive policies that are popular across the fucking board. Because who's going to sit up there and say? Oh, better bandwidth, better roads, uh, bridges. Well, Biden nobody's going to argue that. Biden was a part of a deliberative body for years. Oh, yeah. He, he understands the game. Now, these fringe elements, they want all or nothing. And no. when I say fringe, I'm talking about the Bernie bros as well as the fringe right. Okay? They want it all now. They want it like it should have been done. The difference is the Democratic Party, and part of it is because they have the ability to now, has started to come together. You don't see... You see disagreements between yeah. people like Manchin <coughs> and people like Warren or AOC to take somebody who would be considered oh, sure. kind of their version of a fringe member of Congress. But by and large, they are supporting the party because they understand that particular union is how they get things done. And when you get things done, you will get reelected. Well, and this is where the party of no that we had to deal with over the last 15 years mm -hmm. with Republicans. This is where they're stepping on their dicks because yeah. That's what I'm they're not yeah. stepping on their dicks with the ACA this time or something else. These policies are are, are not footballs per se. This is stuff that most people don't have a problem getting behind. Again, infrastructure improvements tend to benefit everybody. 
voting rights. Okay. But ACA is a good example. Okay. ACA is a good example. When when Trump got elected in 2016, we thought it spelled the end of the ACA. Yeah, it, it did. They could not overturn it. It wasn't just John McCain, although John McCain was a huge part of that. There were other people who were worried about being reelected had they gotten rid of the ACA. Oh yeah, yep. And the ACA was a it's it's a popular law now. It's it's not everybody doesn't love it on both sides. The right doesn't like it because it say makes people's lives better. The left doesn't like it because it's not encompassing. But they all realize, well, this was a way to get to another area. That you're going to see that some, like you're talking, the infrastructure bill, yeah. voting rights. Now we're going to start seeing more contentious things being brought up, probably by Republicans. Oh, I'm, I'm talking sure, about things sir. like Washington statehood, and there's it's you're going to see much more divisive concepts come up. But right now they've got this hundred day base. You know the the well, it's it's over a hundred days. Oh, yeah. But the hundred day base is what it's considered because that's where everything builds from. He's already built a good foundation for it. He did just like, just like Roosevelt did. If you know your, he got that initial one point seven. He got what he needed to get, and that was. And it's it's going to, and because of that, this is a political battle. Now the culture war, we're always going to be fighting. You and I fight it on a daily basis in people we deal with. Oh yeah. That's not going away. This will keep that culture war from gaining traction as a political tool, and using that is going to deliver more more votes towards... Yeah, it's good for knocking people off the fence. I'll tell you that. This, and that's basically what... Who would have believed it? You know, because we heard from progressives. You know, quit worrying about knocking them off the fence. Let's solidify the base. But it does... There's a point the to be had like that. There's, that's a good point. Trend. That is a good point. These do pull people in because, yeah. again... Everybody likes the idea of a good, good, nice road, bridge right on, and, and good broadband. But that's what the, what you're saying there is exactly what um, Republicans did. They said, let's broaden our base. This is all dependent on me on them to keep saying no, let's, let's, no, no, because right now they're not playing But smart. they're saying, let's broaden our base, and, and we'll win elections from that. They won an election, yeah. won, all right? At this point... It's going to be harder for them to do that. And and again, it, yes, there's something to be said. And I'll be honest with you, I was one of those people who thought similar. We need to get more Democrats voting Democrat. Thing is, we saw in the primaries, we couldn't depend on that no. faction to no. vote. So no. we have, there's no other choice but to kind of disdain them at this point and say, you can come along with us and we'll eventually get what you're looking for, which is what Biden has done brilliantly. Reverend Jim's not with us tonight, but he even he said he liked what Biden had done. Now he's there. There are other dissenting opinions on that, but a lot of people, the Democrats, don't have the schism that the Republicans are trying to portray there as being. No, I don't think it's as large. Either. No, I don't. I, 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 You're man. awfully quiet. Over there. I well, guess you can't get a word in edgewise. No, I was just, I was just thinking. You know, one of the things to me is that the longer that. The things go, and, and Jeff, you mentioned the 15 years, roughly, of of the the Republicans just wanting to stop anything the Democrats suggested. But I think that the longer that time goes, and the more of this that builds up, where the roads have gotten bad, 
the infrastructure is is crumbling either metaphorically or physically. Yeah. Um, that it, the longer that goes, the more people are frustrated with it. I mean, and I think that that, that continues. And in, and in, in I can point out two very specific examples. You had uh, a pipeline, a hack that, that of the pipeline that caused a gas shortage in the South with a spike in prices. And now you've got the same thing with a major meat supplier. But that wasn't what caused the shortage. No, of course it wasn't. It was the fear that caused the shortage. shortage. But but what I'm saying is that it's fear that's based off of a cyber attack and a ransomware attack that that did happen. And that happened because our infrastructure to prevent it is essentially non-existent. You notice notice that hasn't played any better. We lost the underpinning of a a security force for our health. We lost it. We completely did it, and what happened? We had a pandemic. And now, that right we're talking about doesn't know where to say it was a hoax or, you know. That's what I was getting at. This hasn't played on, 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 you know, on the assignment of blame the way Republicans would have preferred it had because they wanted to pin the Colonial Pipeline deal yeah. on, 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 well, see, Biden got in gas breaks. People are back out on the street. They didn't have a supporting argument for it. Uh, the border issue has has you'll notice that a lot of the fire and fury over that went nowhere fast because, quite frankly, they're trying to find solutions. Again, the Repu- this time the Republicans don't have a good fear cell no, argument. Well, and and that, I think that the they, they, they can't. Well, what you've run no. into is that the Republicans were able to in the in the era of uh, of Reagan. They were able to, to have the big bad enemy of the Soviet Union yep. that was out there and that they could justify yeah. anything they want to do that way. Well, once uh, Donald Trump and, uh, and his buddy in Russia became kind of uh, very kind of almost marital about their relationship in public, it's become much harder for the Republicans to have an external boogeyman. They're and trying when the internal to get China. Man, They're right, trying to get China. They'd love, they'd love and then they want to associate... Joe Biden with some kind of yeah, and it's not working. Pro, yeah, it's not at all because it's not accurate. And, and but anyway, what what I, I say all that to say that I think that what's happening is that you've got people out there that once they get past the culture war instinct that's caused them to 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 a worship and b vote for Donald Trump. What's happening is that they realize, hey, I work for the road crew. If this infrastructure bill passed, I would be working right now. Yeah, exactly. You know, I, I work, I'm a welder, and I could be out there under the I-40 bridge right now if they funded it. And beyond that, there's popular support for these infrastructure measures from all of the major employers because they realize that if the infrastructure is better, that their sales will be better, their yes. transport, their logistics, everything will work better, and they all want that. And so they're telling their employees, which are largely underpaid paid. Uh, Republican voters, hey, you should support that. And when your boss is telling you this would be good for you, and and your buddies that work out there in the in these construction jobs are telling you this would be good for us, it's only the party that's saying otherwise. Exactly. And, and that can only hold. You can only and keep that going. Fall. Yeah. Yeah. As as long as 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 you've got that culture thing, and and you know I think that that's even that. So they they're hammering. The culture war, but like you said, there's another generation of people that are coming up, and to them, they've seen. I, I, I can't speak for every one of them, but I can speak for my kids. 
And they've seen Republicans attack homosexuals. Yes. They've seen Republicans support blatantly racist policies or people. And they're not going to forget that. You know, and I'm not saying that the, the, every generation is idealistic when it goes in, and less so usually on the other end. But at this point, they are. That ideology is all that they have, and it is decidedly anti-Trump. It might not always be decidedly, you know, uh, uh, supply side based or any of that stuff. It, it may not have a political ideology, but it damn sure has a cultural ideology. And it's in opposition to everything Trump was. So I think that as you continue to see that play out, it's just going to be harder and harder for the, for the Trumpies, the, the GOP that leans that direction, to maintain any kind of control without at least uh, being overt about saying, like, hey, we don't feel that way. I, I agree. And you're, you're, that whole base that's there, it's, it's an underlying current. And I see it more, even in areas like ours, which is a, a conservative area. But, it, you know, kind of the, the, the bulwark of a socialist society right now is universal health care. People are in favor of that. They're not, you know, yes, people are still... They fighting. like being covered. They do, and people are not going to... You know, some people never will, and they're going to be the loudest ones. Yeah. You, you and I, Jeff know somebody that we work with and this person just loves Trump and because of that everything is is that Trump would would tout is good and 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 by by sort of a a, a blank or I'm sorry a coattail effect things like universal health care are bad and yet this person is getting basically told by the people that are close to her say look you need to consider stuff like this. And you also make a great point about Joe Manchin. This, Joe Manchin, and Jeff, you sort of touched on it earlier, Joe Manchin has a lot to gain from the infrastructure bill. Manchin's not going to get that port that's going to come from an infrastructure bill no. unless Joe plays ball with the rest of the Democratic Party. Well, and that's, that's one of the reasons I think that what's going on right now is very interesting because while you've got Joe Manchin who could really make this happen tomorrow, yeah, right. If he if he says, yeah, filibusters out, we're changing the rules, we're doing this under reconciliation, a number of things could happen. But in the meantime, Biden has been spending hours in the Oval Office talking to the other senator from West Virginia, uh, Shelley yes. Moore Capito, yes, and and she stands to benefit just as much because her exactly. state's the same state. That could get all this if they would, and so he's playing it smart because he knows that there's, uh, you know, he's a Biden Can is I a get consummate yeah he's a consummate <laughs> politician, and so he knows that you know if he wanted fifty he started at a hundred, and he's willing to kind of you know take that extra half off uh, in the meantime till we get there. He's he's left room for compromise, and also watch Manchin's rhetoric again and Senna's rhetoric. It has moved from. We we're steadfastly against a concept. To I want some of my Republican friends to join me on certain right. things. That's a huge thing. It's 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 not something that's by in and of itself necessarily proves anything, except they are now trying to get to this stage. Yeah, and there's and a the only reason they won't do that so they'll have cover in their home. Yeah, well, here's an interesting side effect to 
this that you can see locally? Because I've actually gone out and kind of informally talked to, to some folks uh, about it. If you'll notice, some of the uh, conversation about a mandatory $15 an hour minimum wage is kind of quieted down because a lot of that issue, based on the nature of the way things have gone lately, have taken care of themselves. You're starting to see a lot more folks right now and a lot more businesses looking to provide a little better wage structure. So are you saying the markets, the free market is correcting itself? Well, you know, it's amazing how, what, what, I'm, what I'm saying here is, is when you give people a decent support system, they no longer feel like they have to take these, these you know, fucked wages in effect. Mm -hmm. um, which which I, I tend to like because businesses aren't dumb. They see where this is going. But we either yeah. raise the wage or we'll do it for you. But does and that this frightens? Or and I like it, it does. But does there still? Again, I will ask you again. Are you saying that's a free market move? No, I I think I think it's a, a case again of carrot or stick, because what they see again with with the massive push towards it. And then people are just unwilling to take these. And, and where I see it a lot is uh, in a group I'm in where I, I deal quite often with restaurant managers and stuff because I still keep a hand in that particular game as far as what they know and what they see. And a lot of what's been out there, uh, you know, for what they, what, what they felt like in the past they've had to take, they Again, don't feel that way anymore. No, they don't because the threats out there, the, you know, you can either raise these or, again, or we'll do it for you. And you're starting to see where that sort of message has like motivated companies. You feel like that's the pull. That's, that's, that's the exactly pull what's done. But I, I think also that the, the other thing that's happening that ties into what you're talking about is that as these restaurants and other businesses hang up signs that say, you know, thanks to government handouts or nobody wants to work here, uh, that, that the other side of the culture wars is playing out. Where people are seeing yeah, that that's true. you've made your you've made that's your it. position explicit, right. and so I ain't eating at your restaurant. Well, well, I'm not buying your hats because you're a bitch. And people see through the whole. Well, you know, we're not hiring people because the government won't. People see through that. Sure. And you know what? They don't care. Yeah, it's a, it's kind of an no. I've talked to I can't, enough people that will not accept that. But now uh -huh. they right. won't accept the the lower end of that, and it's great. That's what I'm saying. They don't yeah. care that, that that's got no. and and they'll they'll say, you know what? I'm I'm now making, you know, fifteen dollars an hour or fourteen dollars an hour, which is, you know, almost twice the minimum wage. Yep. Which is kind of still lower. It still doesn't keep up with inflation from when uh the minimum wage bill was passed. No, right. But they're saying I, I you know, okay, I can't go eat at my favorite restaurant at three in the afternoon like I used to. You're you're seeing certain they realize that the, the whole push, pull, and tug of the whole thing. And like you said, Jeff, they don't, they're not scared by it. Yeah, like, it, no. it turns out that if Crystal closes at like 2 o'clock in the morning, most people are going to be okay, right? Just well, because they couldn't find somebody to fill that shift between 2 o'clock in the morning and 7 o'clock in the morning. It turns out that, that just like we survived before, everything was fully staffed all the time. We're surviving after. Well, here's the other end of that, man. Because uh, I talked to somebody else. Said, well, uh, somebody else we all know said, "Well, there's nothing says they can't pull those wages away." I said, 
You know one of the reasons why people hate to fucking reduce taxes? <laughs> because once you pull, it, it, it's the same principle behind a wage, too. You try taking money away once you've raised it to a determinate level. You'll have people riding in the fucking streets if yeah. you try to take cash well, out if, of their pocket. If you accept a job like making X an hour, yep. and then later they tell you, That's oh, no, exactly you don't it. make that anymore. You make X minus three an hour. Well, then I'm going to tell you to X minus fuck off yeah, while I go get a different job. Because lots of people are hiring. Guys, I I'm, see the signs everywhere. I'm going to say something. They've I, opened that door. I work in that industry. I deal with this all the time. Yep. I'm also seeing it internally with big companies. People aren't That's taking, what I'm talking about. Well, hold on a second. People aren't taking shit from, from corporations anymore because they'll take shit from somebody else that pays them more. Yeah, it almost is like the, the workers... The people who make the products, sell the products that everybody's going out to buy, have remembered that they have a little bit of power. Yes, well, they do. It, the whole pandemic was proof of a Marxist principle that labor is capital. Yeah. And and what the conservative side, the the, the supply side, has tried to tell us: no, no, capital is capital. You 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 can get it, but you don't own it. And now people realize, I own capital in what I can do. It's, which is why when people try to use, you know, Marxism as a uh, sort of a, you know, a, a cudgel to hit people with, I'm like, you know, the concepts are there and they're being proven on a daily basis. Does that mean people who feel this way are, are Marxists? No. Does that mean I think Marxism is the way to go? Absolutely not. But... It does prove that simple point that supply-side economics has been Doesn't trying work. to argue about for the past 40 years. Right. And that is, quite frankly, and again, from the vantage point of, of, of the, you know, the real job I have, I'm getting a big gut laugh out of it. It makes my job harder. Oh, well, sure. I'm loving every bit of it. But, and but I can't help but dig it. I mean, this is, this is more of a revolution than the Trump Revolution or the Reagan Revolution. And it's not, you know, the proletariat grabbing their, their pitchforks and torches. It's just them deciding... Standing up on their hind legs. I, I can use this, and I didn't think I could. Yeah. I thought I was roped or sort of, you know, driven into one area. It was the only option I had. And I'm not talking about an individual job, but I mean as far as how they approach their professional professional careers. It's now something that is is... People are seeing we're not we're not doomed to this if we don't want to. Well, all the all the jobs, you know, you take something like McDonald's, where for years people have been saying, you know, if these people want it, if they really want to make more money, then we'll just replace them with a counter robot that takes where the all fuck the orders. Are they? Right. Yeah. Well, it turns out now that those people aren't there, what their McDonald's is doing is raging, raising their wages to get them there. You know that that's the way it works. Well, after here's the thing, and, and then sorry to interrupt. Really. No, you're fine, bud. Um, we were told, and, and this is something I noticed uh, through the pandemic, and then after, as we've gotten into this recovery, we were told for forty years that government is not your friend. Big government, bad. The countries that dealt best with this pandemic overall, a lot of them had decent, big government responses to this situation uh, and, 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 and consequently they had far less deaths 
far less cases and everything else because again it was easier for them to mobilize the necessary resources to get involved in clamping this down in particular areas. I mean, you look here, we had, uh, I can't remember how many uh, positive cases this country's had at this point, but just our inability to the beginning of, of setting through, this is going to go away, you know, let's try a little, little. Yeah, is that inability or just lack of? We tried to make will. a philosophical solution That's to a exactly pragmatic issue, and it didn't work. You know, and the philosophy but this time wasn't well grounded. Six hundred thousand people had to die to figure yeah, but, that but out. But again, the pragmatic, the, the the that particular philosophical dodge, it's going to go away, or this is just a natural turn of things, or it's not real. They were proven wrong. It's it's not even a. It's not even a, a, a theory. It's just if you look at the empirical evidence. Oh sure. It, it shows that. I don't think they're looking at the evidence, Brent. But, but we're, again, we're talking about how it manifests itself oh, sure. across yeah, the yeah. board, not not necessarily how they look at. It. And again, when you say they, we're still we're still too much talking. And Jeff, don't get me wrong. I don't think we can forget about that 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 far right wing loud coalition at all. We have to keep them in mind because we see what happens when we don't. Yeah, no, but, that's the thing. But in terms of how this is actually affecting things across the board, my people now, th today, dis with disregard for the pandemic as, as far as it still impacts people, we're seeing light at the end of the tunnel. But our there's people are seeing that their quality of life is a little better now than it was before the pandemic. It's amazing how that works. Exactly, and it's becoming—it's coming to fruition. Doesn't mean we can let our guard down, which is why I think the way Biden is playing the infrastructure bill, for instance, is the way to do it. Now, again, there are some people who they're going to fight the culture war because of guns and Jesus and people getting all gay married and shit, you know. But this is starting to do move they get a little bit more. <laughs> Gays can get married. Yes, they can. That's fucking fantastic. Well, they don't have something to. You, you know, I've been thinking about it lately, <laughs> but I'm going to keep putting it off. But there's, you know, there's there's no real reason. There's nothing I see from the immediate indicators that is going to organically stop this process. No, and, and, and that's kind of exciting that point, Brent. Without because I don't want to go back to that because we hashed that out. But that's 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 only my biggest fear right there, is that somehow Democrats will forget the lesson because God help me they fucking done it. We have been known to yeah. snatch victory from the jaws and, and, of, and, I mean, and, defeat from the jaws of victory in all kinds of weather more than a few times, and you know maybe that's the the, the kind of the natural push pull of, of our political system. <laughs> but I've I've been I, again I'm more optimistic now than I was. Even though I'm very wary of the midterms. And again, for the reasons I talked to you, there can be a parliamentary fluke that throws everything into kind of this cattywampus situation. But it's you're now starting to see what we you know, some of the, the, the Biden supporters early on were talking about. And it's 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 fascinating to me to watch. It has to keep going, but it's it's not something I think is is impossible to do. I, to be honest with you, I don't know what we're going to do once Republicans figure out that basic white clothing is going out of style. <laughs> <laughs>
there was a very good jobs report that came out today. Yeah, they said uh, that in May, the U.S. economy added 559,000 jobs. This, so that's a sign of, of, of a really strong recovery. That has got to drive Republicans crazy. Almost as crazy as I, they enjoyed the last job. Now, they're going to sit there and deny what it means. Oh, well, they're going to say it's lackluster. That's the word they, they use when it wasn't they always that do that. But it's not just something they see in the job report. It's something, like I say, is felt by people across the country right now, even in areas like ours. So having something like that. Now, my question to you guys is this. Are, are we, is, is, are the... Is, is the, the more left side of, of our political spectrum, are we pulling the Portland Trailblazers? Are we peaking too quickly? You're saying is Joe Biden the Clyde Drexler? Exactly. Is this something politics? that no, I th- is I don't far think out? So, from, because, I mean, you have to do it to, to build yeah, a base. Yeah, but we're, st- we're still 7.5 million jobs down from where we were at the beginning of the, the you know, the, the slump. Mm-hmm. We're at the, the beginning of the pandemic. You know, I mean, and, and our unemployment rate went down from 6.1 to 5.8. But you've got a lot of people who have, who, you know, have dropped out of the looking for jobs numbers, right? And so with, with you know, if this was 550 some odd thousand that, and we were already down 7.5, you got 7 million jobs out there at a time where people are, you know, clearly, like we just talked about, happy to say, you know, I'm not working for that minimum wage job. Yeah, you know, and to me, to. that 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 gives you a, a, a large impetus for an increase of middle class, yeah. which leads to overall economy growth. It always has. And we're not suggesting that we're heading for a utopia. Here. No, of course not. But we are suggesting that the signs are there to for a I don't want to say a political revolution, but a a poli- a, a continued movement, and of course. It's kind of typical political science sense. The pendulum swings right and swings left. A lot of it's based on the economy, and there are cultural shifts, technological shifts. The the boom in the '90s was 100% due to the increase in, in in digital technology. Sure, and and right now what's going on is is that you've got they're having a really hard time hiring people for food service and for construction at the same time as the price of food and the cost of construction materials are skyrocketing. So there's there's definitely some some trickiness to this. But like you said it's it's not you it's not a utopia, but it is slightly more utopian than it was before. Even, yes, even CEOs now are realizing the old gamblers, uh, poker players, saw, I shouldn't say gamblers. Poker players saw that you can you can shear a sheep a lot, but you can only skin them once. Well, they've been skinning us, yeah. and I consider That's myself right. a working person. You know, even though I would, I would, my position is, is listed as a management level position. I consider myself a working person as much White as any, anyone, <laughs> anyone else. And it's we won't even get into that. One. It's, well, it's, it's it's across the board. You know, it's... it's it it's, is. And, and and the reason why I'm going to take a, a flyer on that and say, ask me again in six months, because right now, I, agree. I like the way I things agree. are headed at the I moment. Agree. This is good. It feels good. It's headed in the right direction. If we... if, if And it doesn't have to be a, a steady stream and steady march, but as long as momentum keeps propelling us forward on this, I like where things are right now. Because we are seeing... A, 
to me, in some ways, and, and with a lot of people, it's almost like we're seeing the reinvention of care. Give a damn. I, you know and what? That's so that maybe I think that's a byproduct, though. I don't think that's what's driving. No, but but, but it's become. That's what I'm saying, though. It, as that happens, I mean, people are actually taking an interest in individually in in what they can do. And I, I and I like to think the Republicans have kind of driven this uh, this moment to where that you're a lot of us are looking at other people and, and looking at those around us and saying, you know, what what can I do? And what can I put you're forward? Right. I, I think that's I, I think the pandemic in history. We're going to look back and say this was kind of the the critical mass, the tipping point, before we realize, hey, we have to worry about other people. We can't just keep saying, yeah. I got mine sucks to be you. I, I really think that's, and it may be because only by doing that can we make sure I can be okay. Well, you and I grew up in the he who dies with the most toys era. Yes, we but did. You know, so you're talking about something where, where you're saying that, that that people are, you know, turning to their, their neighbor and saying, hey, do, you know, do you have enough to eat? Do you have what you need? That's that's what you're describing. Not my neighbor. Can't stand it. Maybe not. Maybe but not the actual guy who's next door to you. But yeah. so you're you're describing something that feels to me a little bit like a commune. Well, I mean, if the world is a community, and it is becoming more that all the time. What? So what if this was an actual political ideology? You could call it community is. <laughs> well, or co- commune. Basically, commune you're is. talking about renaming socialism. Because all socialism is is where you have a social structure that everybody can participate. What in. if what if we had a religion based on helping those that Mac, needed it the we, most? Mac, Mac. Unfortunately, most Christians don't follow Christianity. Well, what so, if that, what was Christianity? What if that religion was subverted for political? Oh wait, that's not, that won't happen because religion no. is pure. Of course, uh, that's you know, as history tells us. We, we, we can get right back. And that's one thing that drives me nuts is when the right tries to capture and claim for themselves what we would consider Judeo-Christian principles. That's why, I, that's why I separate between what I think about the historical Hebrew man Jesus, Middle Eastern guy, mm-hmm. and white supply-side Jesus. Supply-side supply Jesus... Jesus. Is a completely different guy. Oh, red, redneck Jesus is yeah, it's nothing like that. Well, that's just it. The Republican Party has for years been held together by like I, I've seen it actually divided out six different factions: neocons, libertarian style conservatives, right wing uh, Christians, you know, hardcore Christians who believe in a certain exclusivity and and dominance of their religion, and that coalition is unraveling. Because of, of some of the stuff we've talked about, it, it's still there, but it's getting smaller. The core is still there, but it's it doesn't have the same kind of pull. It it may Jeff, you and I have talked about this before. A lot of it has to do with the changing of cultural mores. Yeah. Ten years ago, well, let's, let's kick back. Is well, about ten years ago, would you have seen the time where gay marriage was a thing where Gay people were as considered as people by most people, but it's it's come to that, and it should. That doesn't mean there's not still prejudice and, and homophobia out there. By the way, Happy Pride Month to everybody! But there is still that that component. 
But we've seen that change. We've seen the change. We can kind of laugh about how, you know, Obama's election as, as, a, as a black president wasn't as, as vivid as we would like to be because he was such a relatively conservative individual. But it's huge. This is something that couldn't have happened 30 years ago. It would not have happened 30 years ago. Seeing gay marriage now, and yes, people are fighting it. You know, right now the biggest battle to me is uh, fighting for a woman's right to choose. That's where we're having our biggest battle. We're going to see that soon. We are. And, but my, my thing about it is is watching, and I place a lot of my hope in so many younger people who just do not care to carry these these uh, <clears throat> malignant social mores <clears throat> of even, I, you know, our generation who... You know, felt like this is this is the way it was intended, er, and to use uh, that old dead bastards uh, cop line, the way things ought to be. Well, this is not the way it's supposed to be. You and I grew up in a time when. Oh yeah, that's Jeff's black friend. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's. that's we don't that. I'm sure that still happens, but my sons, your kids, your son, they have friends. We don't, you know, we may notice they're black much in the same way we may notice one of them that's yeah, tall. Matt, I talked about I'm, this earlier I'm much more likely to say, that's my kids, and look both ways, Republican friend. Yeah. <laughs> if my kids have Republican friends, they do. They keep actually, it from you like they should. Uh, Jack was on one of our podcasts. If you are a Republican, please stay in the closet. My, I think my, so many my son have. Jack was on the, the Warble show a couple of months ago, and, and Jack couple of months ago started dating this girl and of course I'm giving him grief about it and I'm asking fine he just goes no dad she's not a Republican she's not a Saints fan and those <laughs> are the things I care most about you know as long as she's not those I'm good one of my buddies uh, and this will tell you something about the era that I grew up in uh, one of my buddies uh, he was at home for Thanksgiving you know the whole family's there at the table this was in the late 90s whole family's there around the table and one of them, you know, asks as all the conversations are going on. One of them says, uh, are, you, "Are you dating anybody?" And he says, "Oh yeah, I've been dating this girl. She was, uh, she's from South Africa." And the whole table got quiet. <laughs> and from the other end of the table, his dad just said, "Well, God damn it, she better be Dutch." I'm about to say, haven't you heard of apartheid? Here? You know, but but you're right that I think that that you know so quickly, so much of that has changed. I mean, I was thinking yeah, as as you said that I it's was not thinking, perfect, but you're right. You know, when, when I was a kid, I remember if if there was somebody that was out of the ordinary, if somebody was homosexual, that would have been aberrant enough in the social kind of strata of things to to warrant uh, pointing it out. What, and you would have said, "Hey, you see that guy? I think that guy's gay." Whereas now, you're more likely to say, "Hey, that see that guy? I don't think he was a guy when he was born," and with 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 no consideration. No. That the homosexual component of that or, matters at all anymore, or no prejudicial, right? Exactly. There's there's all. no no prejudice intended. I just think that it's it's one of those things where we've shifted so fast that it's almost hard to to think. Well, when did this happen? Because I remember when they legalized gay marriage, feeling like it wasn't going to actually happen. I was stunned. I was yeah. I was completely I shocked. Had, I was pleasantly shocked, but very shocked. At 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 the risk of sounding like one of those people. I have a gay friend, and we got into a discussion one time. He did not think so either. He did not think gay marriage was possible, 
and he badly wanted to marry his partner. And I told him, I said, yes, it eventually will. I said, and, and again, I was looking at it from a strictly legalistic viewpoint. But we don't, you know, nobody thinks in This ain't quite, a story now. Yeah, it's not. When you and I were growing up, if someone was gay and it got out, it was scandal. Yeah, they had to, like, move to a different place. Now you've got openly gay kids in, 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 in schools, um, and, and they're, they're, there's nothing to it. And, you know, I, I understand, guys, we have to understand there's a certain amount of hypocrisy about three old straight white guys sure. talking about racism and homophobia and misogyny. We're doing it from our viewpoint. Right. We understand and, that we cannot, you know, that there is aspects of it that are not that still need to be worked on. But we're saying that this is cause for hope for a better further on rather than a reason to say, oh, well, it's going to be that way forever. Yeah, well, because and, we've seen it happen. And I think it challenges, you know, I know it challenges me because I look at, at the things I believed when I first started feeling political or, you know, politically bent. And, 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 I, and I felt very, at the time, uh, progressive. And now I see that a lot of the things that were in my like wildest dreams, you know, gay marriage and uh, abortion freedoms, you know, have have largely come to pass. Now there's still a lot of challenges, but they've largely been accepted as the law of the land. And then I look at my kids who are more progressive than I am, as they should yes. be. And, and I think I think you know what pie in the sky dream do they have? You know, thing that they wish they could see right now. That they're going to make happen in their lifetime. Yes, it's huge, and it's you know what? It's not just culturally. No, the economic ideas in terms of how, like Jeff spoke of, a, a governmental underpinning, because government. Is, it, that's why I love to hear so-called, you know, populists say, "Well, the government wants to." Dude, you're the government. Yeah, it's you. We are the government. We live in this society. Where you are the government. You want the authoritarian society. You ain't going to be the government no more. No, but. They're, they're taking much more what we've considered almost outlandish economic concepts and giving them serious consideration. And it's not just health care, but, you know, education. In, in a myriad of ways, uh, Andrew Yang's concept about, you know, everybody gets a, a minimum income, that's not laughed off the board anymore. Reparations is not dismissed out of hand. These things are, are, are now looked at as, as viable. They may not be majority concepts. They may not be concepts we're going to see come to their ultimate uh, fruition in, in the next few years. But they're being discussed now. And that, to me, is a pretty exciting thing. Yeah, and I think that what's happening, too, is that you know the, the very kind of understanding of the way things work is changing you know, over time where the next generation looks at things in a way that we just didn't. When, when, when people f first started talking to me about the idea of universal health care, I thought, well, that's crazy. You know, like, I, I, I like it. I like the but concept. It's never but how, and now, now I, I talk to my kids about it, and, and their perspective is, well, yeah, that would be easier than what we have now. We're already paying for health care, plus Cheaper, we're easier, paying for insurance, which yeah. you wouldn't need. We're paying for, you know, some CEO at every single insurance company to make millions to billions of dollars. We're paying for advertising for hospitals and medicines and all this other stuff. And if that was all just folded back in, then we've already paid for our universal health care more than 
a couple times over. Income equality. And that makes sense to them in a way that it never would have made sense to me at that point. Income equality is huge for those young people. Sure. And part of it's because they've come up in a world where, quite frankly, we sort of dropped the ball. Oh, it was it's much it's, less equal than it ever should have been. Yes, and, and they're seeing now, a young man that I, I consider as much part of my family as anybody, he, he went off on a rant a couple of months ago about how you know, the past generation just fucked us over. And my first thought was, okay, you know, this is what's happened. And I tried to put it in terms of, well, this is how we've grown since then. But he's 100% right. Right. We, you know, and part of that was just because of that whole Reagan concept of, oh, you got to pull your stuff up by your bootstraps. Well, we're not saying you don't, but there has to be another component to it. And these, the young voters, don't look at income equality or health care as this completely radical idea that can't happen here. They don't look at it as some sort of communist plot to, to, to rid us of, of, of Jesus and make everybody gay. They, they view it as a, a, an integral part of moving on as a human society. Right. So, see, you got, you got, you got to see these, these, these uh, concepts. For me, it just comes down to the fact that I can now talk with my gay friends and tell them, no, I'm not wearing an actor shirt with tan loafers. And they get that. I've seen you wear it before. Yeah, I, I, this I, will I don't, never yeah. fucking happen. <laughs> there's, there, there is. There's, there's a whole. It's easy it, now it's, for me. It's much easier. I, I, you know. And it ain't easy for them necessarily, part, but it's easier for us to actually, for them to know there's places where they can go, and people they can talk to where there's no judgment we, in this. I, you know, I. Where I work, there we we have quite a few transgender individuals. Yeah. And I know people still talk about it. They know it. Okay? They know there's still a little dodge there. On the other hand, I also see them interact with people that are older and conservative and Trump fans. I, I've got I know a lady who she is a diehard Trump fan, and she developed this trend, friendship, a, a very deep and abiding friendship with someone that, she says, well, I, I don't understand it, but everybody's got a right to be happy. And I'm like, why the fuck are you voting for Donald That's Trump? Right. But still, <laughs> it, it, it still right has there, to go to a certain level to get there. But it, it's it's there now in ways that I've told the story about my dad. Right. Who, you know, who went to a, a housewarming partner for a housewarming party for he, my, my mom went to a, a gay couple that he worked with. And if, if you'd have told me Thirty years ago, my dad would have done that. I would have asked for you know a hit of whatever you were smoking, all right? Because it, it just it wasn't on. The we didn't have pot that good back then. But I think that that's what happens. The weed's better now, yeah, too, guys. Yeah. yeah. I think There's that's stuff. what happens is that personal relationships are what change people's mind. You know, nobody's yeah. people's minds aren't changed by politicians giving speeches. No. You know, all that does is confirm their it, it, their it, opinion. Yes. What it, changes it their opinion? is when they have a personal relationship with somebody that's different and that they didn't expect, and then they realize, which we should all realize more often, hey, that person is just a person, and they want the same kinds of stuff I do. They're not a monster. They're not evil. They're just another person. It's amazing what occurs when you can see another person's humanity. It really is. Aren't we just a one big bowl of up with people tonight. Yeah. 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 But it, it, it's... Hey, that reminds me. Fuck you, Mitch McConnell. Yeah. 
No one likes we you. Have, we have never fucked Mitch McConnell. We have. Yeah, just, just in general. Mitch, is, Mitch is up to his usual tricks. He's still trying to kind of play both sides. Against a the personal middle. favor for Lindsay, everybody. Lindsay is still, uh, you know, jonesing for, uh, you know, Donald Trump. Lin- Lindsay's just pissed that he can't enjoy the same freedoms many of his... Uh, uh, he could. He could if he would just, you know. He's not willing to accept himself. Um, I, I don't. We, we, we haven't touched on. And, and Congress, Senate right now to me is fascinating to watch for the reasons we talked about earlier. Yeah. I'm seeing an erosion in Mitch McConnell's power. Yeah. Well, well yeah, once, that's once the, you. That's the brightest spot. Once you, oh, know, it is, it? It, it, once you know he won't play, you find the people who will. That What was it, eight people that. Uh, yes. Yeah. Eight Republicans that voted with the Democrats. And I'm telling you, that, not just eight that voted, nine who didn't vote because they were scared <laughs> oh, yeah. of their vote. Wouldn't admit and it. And it was enough to keep it from going where, but it was still a major, I, I don't like the idea of moral victories. Right. I don't think they exist. But it showed the fraction. I don't like seeing 35 people fucking control I don't the either. remaining 50. But that was another chink in the armor that is going to be eventually... Cracking the whole. No, no, nobody minds that. Uh, and and so that was true. And his his, his he's never. And we talked. Well, it's kind of uh, sort of a, a micro version of what we were talking about earlier, Jeff. Mitch has never been had a popular mandate. He's never been a national figure of any no, he's popular dealer. He's never what, been liked by more than twelve people and, at the most. And one of those is his wife. And we're not sure. Maybe, about her, frankly, allegedly. But, but there's, you know, he he's. He, he's sort of now, if, you, if we talk about him as, I mean, he is the now the most, uh, in, in, in most every standard metric, is the most powerful Democrat, I mean, I'm sorry, most powerful Republican in the country. And he cannot, he's trying hard to keep that coalition, but even he is starting to see this has potential to go horribly awry for the Republican Party. Yeah, and for him. And he has no way of fixing it. Well, he's, he's, he's on, he, what it is, he's a, for the first time in a long while, he's on uncertain footing. He doesn't know That's what I'm saying, yeah. where this narrative's going to no, go. No, he doesn't. And, and, he, and it couldn't happen to a better piece of shit. Because there are few fucking people that have ever occupied majority or minority leader that I despise quite as much. Uh, you know, I have a hard time with anyone who can only get an erection when a poor person dies. Yeah. And that, that kind of person really bothers me. Um, I don't, I don't see him being able to, to harness the kind of, of power he could. You, you never know. Again, it's the difference. Between I believe the medical term is an Ebenezer hard on. <laughs> Take that all day. That's our next band name. <laughs> yeah. um, if, if 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 hey, if he becomes it's, it's the yeah he is yeah, yeah. he he is. Uh, it's the difference between being a minority leader, and majority leader. Partly, yes. But because he never had that coalition, Ted Cruz kind of had that coalition, and he just kind of pissed it away. Yeah, um, he's always been able to stick. That's the thing. I Mitt love Romney most. still has Mitt Romney still has some pull in that regard. Well, he, he's enough. the type vote that he, they know to step wary around him. But but that's that's the thing about Ted. For all of his, uh, and he's got a certain degree of legal brilliance. It, and, and he understands tactically what he's supposed to do. Unfortunately, Dick Nose just can't stop being Dick Nose. Well, he being unlikable is just a character trait of his. Yeah, and, it and is. Th- well, there's no way to fix that. And Craig, he Craig Madison actually did the real number on him. If you want to know what he was like as a uh, 
college student. Oh, yeah. Talk to his roommate at Princeton. He'll be glad to fill you in. What was Al Franken's line? I like Ted Cruz more than any other member of the Senate like Ted Cruz. And I fucking hate Ted Cruz. (laughs) Yeah, he's not well liked. He's not well liked. What was what was uh, or liked? <laughs> what was uh, what was it? Craig Madden's line? May I ask if uh, Ted Cruz slept with a dildo under his pillow? No, Ted Cruz slept on top of his pillow. <laughs> um, the only other thing I really want to get to, we touched on it briefly. Uh, the voting rights bill does have, I think, the potential to blow out the filibuster. And if the filibuster gets blown out, there are certain things we can look for to happen. Yeah. Again, we're talking again, DC statehood. Right. We're talking about possibly they've kind of backed off this, but with the upcoming Supreme Court cases, packing the court would not eliminate those decisions right now. Right. But it would be a hedge against any further erosion. I think you're going to see a huge push for that in the future. Well, I don't know if anybody's thought anything about it, but I but I will say as an aside, and we can get into it in the future because this deserves its own debate. The Biden administration, much like the Trump administration before it, is wasting no time filling federal judiciary. No. I mean that's that's and they are they are fast. using the 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 same methods. Yes, that they the, are. And 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 it, it's it's it, I think that just it's wonderful. Gnaws at our buddy Mitch. Uh, yep, okay. I hope so. Um, yeah, well, you there ain't know, a damn thing you can stop. Once you burn a bridge, you can't be upset that people are swimming across the river. No, I mean, you can't, exactly. And, and, and that's what we're seeing right now. The only other thing I, I, I really thought we should kind of touch on before we go is uh, a grand jury has been convened in New York. No one can see it, but both you guys look like you're about to start gut laughing right here. A grand jury has been convened in New York City to investigate Donald Trump on civic, civil and criminal charges. Mm-hmm. They are really pushing, and there is a lot of scuttlebutt that his treasurer, the guy who is basically his his Hyman Roth, his 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 money guy, the CFO. Matt, Matt look the, on your yes. phone. Look up Alan Weisselberg, and you'll find tonight's new or this evening. Oh, was there something we missed? Uh, you want to look that up? We'll, we'll, we'll find that. We have breaking news that broke long before we got it, and you probably know it before now. But uh, it, that's it's still fairly recent. That's also a it's a six month grand jury. Yeah, no, this this one which been, tells been me for a while. But that tells me there is some serious depth to what they're doing here. And by all accounts, it's a very labyrinthine kind of thing. And that is a, a tad worrisome because that's always difficult. To prove, yeah. but we're also seeing tonight Donald Trump is gearing up his 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 tours, his 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 rallies. Okay, so we're saying here that that uh, he has now has testified before the state grand there jury in Manhattan uh, as of today, June fourth. He yeah, has he testified testify. yep. uh, as they quote ramp up their investigation of Mr. Trump and his company. Which this guy, basically... That was Jeffrey McConney, who was the Trump Organization's controller. Okay, that's not... Uh, no, but you, this is how you... you all right, it, it, the controller yeah, you build, a lot of... Oh, you do. You, so. build, you, you build up everything, and if he's there... Then you can talk to the CFO, who's yep. Weisselberg. And, and it's going to keep going. And, yep. and these guys have 
all the morals of, 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 of rabid weasels. Or of New York real estate moguls. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. They're going Pretty to... Pretty much the same thing right there. They're going to turn over. Oh, of course they are. Yeah. And we're going to start to see in the coming months, you may not see leaks from the grand jury. That's very rare to see. But you're going to see probably before the end of the year, we're going to start seeing what we hope and what appears to be serious charges leveled against the Trump organization. I would expect indictments. And Donald Trump and his family. I would expect to see some indictments there. I'm, I, I'm wondering how far that'll go. Yeah. Well, well, I'm expecting to see indictments. I'm expecting to see even more civil cases. Yeah, the, the, those kids are probably going to find out they have a lot to answer for. Yes, I would be they, very surprised if they did not. And they're going to do like their old man. They're going to fight it and deny and deny and try to. And what's going to happen is Trump is going to try to stonewall this until he could yeah. or, or until he can. It's been his and, M.O. for 45 yes. years. Well, he'll he run for re-election based on trying to get away with this. Yeah. Oh, I, 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 if that, That's my whole gist here is it's got to come at some point quickly because once that happens, even though... It's not going to sway his base. Hillary, one of the problems with Hillary Clinton when she ran, she was under investigation. Right. Now, we can argue that it was a frivolous investigation. That they were investigating her because they knew it would do her damage. Oh, yeah, exactly. that's absolutely why this happened. It's a but, card and the horse thing, but it still it exists. It doesn't matter. It still made, it made an impact. Listen, there are people who will tell you, I'm not necessarily of this belief. I think it was kind of a perfect storm. That the whole election turned when Comey said, "Oh, yeah. we got to do some more investigation." Well, it didn't. It didn't help her for sure. No, no. It, it, that, there, there is no question of that. And so this could have a, a deleterious effect. Again, his, his, the diehards, it's not going to affect them. Just like it, you know, there are people who will tell you, "Well, die, Hillary Clinton was the better candidate." No, she wasn't. She would have been the president, but she wasn't the better candidate. The diehards are going to, to, to be, and the Trump diehards are louder. And that's we're going to. Well, hear and it would that. be it would on the other hand be hard for him to hold a rally from a jail. I'd like to see that attempted. The, the yeah. zoom a zoom rally. The zoom rally. I, I would with, with the bars right there in front on the. Phone. He just he just has Junior holding a laptop. He'll turn in it an arena somewhere. Is what he'll do. Probably. I, all right, guys. Um, I, I guess that's just about it for us tonight. We've kind of gone all over the place tonight. It's the first one we've done in a couple of weeks. Um, again, uh, listen to also Fuzzy Warbles, the Scant Julep Music Podcast. Which returns next week. Returns next. I uh, posted uh, on Saturday, the, what is today, Saturday the 5th, yeah. will be the, uh, the the Fuzzy Warbles episode regarding concept albums, which we had a lot of fun with. When you get <coughs> this one, we'll, we'll have another one under our belt and, and ready to post. Uh, anything to say before we go, Jeffrey? No, I, you know, we, we actually, we you know, as you said, we actually, uh, you know, grazed a lot of fucking ground with so. Matthew? Uh, like you said, happy Pride Month uh, to everybody out there. Uh, we appreciate you listening. Guys, I'm going to say this just before we go. Um, this episode has been the first episode of Shellshock Nation that uh, we have neglected Ned Buttline. And I want to apologize to the descendants of Ned Buntline for leaving him out of the way. Through. I talked to a descendant of, of Ned Buntline this week. He is uh, leading the effort to get Ned Buntline's home uh, purchased from its private owner and ch- turned into a museum. The Ned Bunt- 
Road trip. Yeah. Road absolutely. trip to, to the Ned Bottom Where would that line. be? That is in, uh, I think it's in uh, Stanford, New York or something like that. I mean, it's a good drive, but we, yeah. guys, we could go up there. You get up in the Adriandex. We nice. get up to Cooperstown. You yeah. Know, go up. Yeah, we could do that. We, we could make a, a trip of that. Visit uh, Chappaquiddick, or where does Hillary live yeah. now? I know. Uh, what is it? No, let's hope it's not Chappaquiddick. Is, is, uh, Too many Democrats have, have, have found their Chim- end on that. I believe it's Chimichanga, New York, she's living in. <laughs> I just want to see Ned Buntline Memorial Museum on a fucking marquee, because that's a lot to put on a marquee. <laughs> I guess we didn't get to a whole episode. Um, no, we did not. Um, again, stay tuned to watch or listen to Fuzzy Warbles, where we will be sure and bring up Steely Dan at some point. Nice. It's an inevitability. You stole mine because I was going there next. <laughs> Sorry, brother. Okay, guys. Until next time, I'm Brent Sanders. Jeff Scruggs. See you later. Matt Kearns. I'm sorry. Best-selling writer, Matt Kearns. Peace. We will talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.